Wow, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Eh? Wow, I did switch this thing on. Thank God for that. Eh? Wonderful. Well, it is so good to be back at True Life Church. This is the first time I've been here at, at this building. Um, and it's been wonderful to see the journey from, from the very beginning. It really has been awesome. And uh, it's a joy to be, to be part of you, even though you, you might not know me well. I, I've heard so many of your names, and, uh, and I can tell you one thing, that, that Dylan and Anna, Tim and Asher, Brad and Beth love you guys. They pray for you guys. They thank God for you guys. And, uh, and I, just, I just think uh, this is such an awesome church. Kenzie, you did a great job leading worship. I love the way Jesus shines through you. Hey? It's just awesome. And I'm hoping we can clone you and take one of you back to... Uh, uh, we don't want that. <laughs> All the good parts. We want the good parts. We want to clone the good parts, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, just um, Anna was talking about stamping the devil down and, uh, and, then, and then it transitioned a little bit towards stamping God's approval on us. And I think that we mustn't doubt in, in the storm what God said on the shore. When he said, let us go over to the other side. Don't doubt what he said at the beginning. Don't doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light, you know. And, uh, and I just really feel the Lord wants to say, uh, well done. You guys are, are doing a fantastic job. And Anna, I think she's probably gone, she's probably somewhere with, uh, with the little ones, you know. Yeah, absolute kids ministry. But, but for her to hear, if she hears this on the recording, Anna, you are awesome. You're doing a fantastic job. You are a wonderful person. And, uh, and um, a daughter of the King of Kings, eh? And just a stamp of God's approval, you know. It's interesting how Jesus was baptized we came up out of the water, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The next chapter, he goes into a time of testing and temptation. And, uh, and it's interesting how twice in those temptations, if you are the son of God, the enemy will start to, uh, to question our identity in Christ in order to try and make us trip up. And temptation always has a purpose. It's to, to prevent or hinder the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for our lives. And in times of testing and in times of, of, of those challenges, we mustn't lose heart. And then Jesus came out of that time of testing, it says, in the power of the Spirit. And I really believe that, that True Life Church is going to come out of the end of, of some of the stuff you guys perhaps have felt you've been going through under the power of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and God's going to do great things with you guys as a church. Eh? He really is. Today is going to be slightly different. I, I'm going to do a bit of a teaching or a bit of a Bible study today, and as opposed to a, a sermon, you know, I'm normally a preacher, but you know, the new wine and the new wineskins are equally important in the New Testament. We need both. And what we're going to talk about today is eldership in the local church. And you might say, well, you know, this is not as inspiring as, uh, as some messages can be, but it actually is inspiring because it's like putting something in your backpack that you need for the next season. And for us to contain what God wants to do in and through True Life Church, we need to put a few things into place. We need the, the wineskin to be established so that it can contain more of the new wine. 
And I know that this is a church that loves to worship, loves to pray. I loved the prayer meeting before the service. Um, we came in and we just had to follow the noise, you know, and uh, we found our way in. And it was great to just be with you guys in prayer. As Dylan says, I've been involved with True Life Church since the beginning, 2018, and uh, we were introduced, Dylan and I, by a guy called Mark, who's a mutual friend, and, um, and Dylan invited me to be a part of a team that serve and support the planting and establishment of True Life Church. And I'm just one of, of a team of people that Dylan has invited to come and speak into his life and to help him establish a leadership team and establish this church. And when I look back over the last five years, there is so much fruit, there really is. And I wanna tell you that the best is yet to come. I do appreciate this is a bank holiday weekend, but thank God for technology that we can record this and so that those who aren't here today will be able to listen and catch up. And I'm looking forward to being with you on the 21st of May when together with others we will see a eldership team established as part of the wineskin that will help contain what God wants to do and help facilitate what God wants to do in and through this wonderful local church. There are others who I know speak into the life of this church. There's Stephen, Jason, Ryan, and others who, who have a, a good relationship with Dylan. And I would say this at the beginning. If I was looking for a church in Milton Keynes, I think this is where I would come. And I would gladly put myself under the leadership of Dylan. And equally put myself under the leadership of Tim and Brad as the eldership team. Because these are men who love the Savior. They love God. And they love people. They're people who have a passion for God and His Word. They tremble at His Word. And God wants to use them powerfully for the next season. Now it's important for a local church to have people that know you and people who show you. And there's a difference between those two things. People who know you get to know what the church is like through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then there's other people who show you. They come in and it's like fireworks. They come in and they're a guest minister or a guest speaker and wonderful things happen. But those who know you come alongside and are able to pray with you, stand with you through thick and thin and be there when it's, when it's fantastic and be there when there's a fight. You know, and I think we need, we need both. And I, I would say that I'm one of those who, who know you. I, as I said at the beginning, I, um, I, I, I've heard so many stories of God doing wonderful things in and through this church family. So today we're going to look at the New Testament pattern for a church. And simply it's this, a church in the New Testament is autonomous, which means self-governing. Okay? And we believe in the New Testament we see autonomous or self-governing eldership-led local churches. And we see them working in relationship and partnership with an apostolic team. Now sometimes that's formal and other times it's less formal. It's more organic. But it's important for us to recognize that that's what we see in the New Testament. When you read the New Testament books and epistles, 
and the book of Acts. This is the pattern that we see. And True Life Church is a church plant that I believe is taking its next step in becoming an established local church. In Titus chapter 1 verse 5, Paul said to Titus, one of his sons in the faith, he said, I left you in Crete that you can put in order that which was left unfinished. And then he says what that is, appoint elders. Now, Dylan and Anna, together with friends, planted this church. And you guys have joined this church family and you've joined this journey with them. And I think it's wonderful. And now I believe over this month, we will see this church transition from being a church plant to becoming an established church. And you see, that is the New Testament pattern. In Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas went and they preached the gospel. Many people responded to the Lord. Then, uh, then they, they encouraged people to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. And then it says, and they appointed elders in every church. So we've got to find out what's an elder. What are elders and why is this important? Let me, let me just say one or two things to kick this off. We believe that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. It's his church. He said, I will build my church. True life church belongs to Jesus. Okay. And yes, we should say it's our church, you know, but in a very real sense, we are coming and we're saying, Lord, you're leading us and you are guiding us. You're building your church. And in the Bible, we see that Jesus delegates authority and responsibility in the local church to elders. Now, currently you have one elder, and that's Dylan. But Dylan has done a fantastic job. But we have to understand that in the Bible, we always see elders in plural. Not one, but elders. And that's because God has not designed us to do this on our own. We do need partners. We do need support. And I think there's so much support for Dylan and Anna from the church family. I love the, the gifts that you see in this church, the prophetic gifts coming out and the, and the pastoral care gifts and so many different wonderful things happening in this church. And we wanna support them. But the load is too much to carry on their own. And the time has come for them to have others come into the position of elders in order to help them carry the load and to secure this church. And over a period of time, it's emerged that the two couples who are going to join Dylan and Anna in leading this church are Tim and Asher and Brad and Beth. And uh, what I thought I would do today is ask and answer a number of questions, six questions about eldership in the local church. And these are exciting days. And we're going to see wonderful things unfold. But we have to understand, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Isn't that true? And, and I, whether it's happening or not happening, we have to understand that over this time, we need to be in prayer. And if you can, fast a meal occasionally and spend time in prayer. Because it says in Acts 14, 
that they appointed elders in every church with prayer and fasting. So when we start moving forward, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There's such potential for misunderstandings and misrepresentations and all sorts of stuff to happen. And it's important for us as a church family to guard the unity, to guard our hearts, to stay in a, in a, in a, in a wonderful place. In fact, it says in, in uh, uh, I haven't even got into the scriptures <laughs> and the questions yet, but it says in Acts chapter 20, after he talks about eldership, he then says, after my departure, Things will arise and people will even draw people after themselves. But we have to understand something. When you speak to Dylan and Anna, and when I've spoken with, with Brad and with Tim, it's not about them. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's only about Jesus. It's seeing Jesus and his church established. Jesus glorified and his church established. Does that make sense to you? So I think it's important for us today as we look at this to recognize God's intention is that there's, a, there's more than one eldership couple. In fact, the word elder is always used in plural except in reference to the individual's qualifications. So let's have a look at six questions and answers about eldership in the local church. The first one will probably be the longest. So, so don't worry if I take a little bit of time with that, okay? Don't start saying, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? All right, so let's, uh, let's go for it. First of all, let's have a look at who and what are elders. So let's have a look at Acts chapter 20 and verse 17. In Acts 20 and verse 17, we, we see from Miletus, uh, it says, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. Now, I'm, I'm sharing this with you so you see the context of Acts chapter 20. Miletus was a, was a, 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 um, a resort town. And it's important for elders to be able to go aside to be equipped and trained and, and strengthened and encouraged. And then let's go down to verse 28. And in, in Acts chapter 20, I could preach a whole teaching on that which maybe I will do one of these days that, uh, with, with you guys, that just talks about leading a local church. There's 10 different principles. But in verse 28, we see him speaking to the elders. And he says, Keep watch over yourselves and to all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So his instructions to the uh, to the, the elders was this. He said, keep watch over yourselves and the flock. And well done, Dylan, for saying that you're going to be on holiday. You're not going to answer your phone because, you know, your ministry is an overflow of your relationship with God and an overflow of your family relationships. And if they're healthy and happy and secure and growing, then it's going to affect the whole church. And I think that's so important. And then he says, and watch over all the flock. And then we see the ministry of an elder or the elders is to oversee and to shepherd. We see these two words. He says in verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and the flock, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, be shepherds of the church of God. So an elder does two things. They oversee and they shepherd. Okay. 
And then we see in this verse, we see there's a partnership with the Trinity. We see the Holy Spirit, who's made them overseers. We see it's the church of God, which he, Jesus, bought with his own blood. And an eldership team work in partnership with the Lord and become his hands in leading the church. Become his voice in leading the church, his ears in leading the church. It's not a hierarchy. They don't go above us, but they go before us and they lead by example and they show us the way. Let's have a look at, at 1 Peter chapter 5 and we're going to look from verse 1 through to verse 4. And I'll read the whole passage, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 4, and then I'll break it up for you just quickly. As I said, a little bit of a Bible study. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Let's just pause there for a moment. So he's writing or talk, speaking to the elders, writing to the elders. This is Peter. Now in, Acts, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 1, he identifies himself as an apostle of the Lord Jesus. But here he says, I'm a fellow elder. And we have to understand that these are not positions, but they're different ministries. There's an office of an elder, but there's not an office of, of an apostle. It's a ministry. And that's someone who goes and establishes something. And in a very real sense, what God's been using Dylan in is an apostolic ministry in coming and establishing a new church. Okay? And I'm coming in an apostolic sense alongside you to encourage you and to help you guys take the next steps as a church. And I'm not coming as someone above you. I'm coming alongside as a friend, you know, as a brother in Christ. And I can appeal to the elders and say, you're going to be witnesses of suffering and of glory. Let me tell you, there's times when leading a church involves suffering and it's hard work. And there's times when it's glorious and it's just amazing. And following Jesus involves both. It's not just a bed of roses. There are battles, but there are also going to be victories. Okay. Then he continues in verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care, watching over them or overseeing them. It's interesting how in verse 2 we see he uses exactly the same phrases as Paul did in Acts chapter 20. Peter and Paul, who were the two apostolic figures that we see in the book of Acts. Two sort of giants of the early church. Both use these phrases in talking about elders, you would be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care. And then he continues in verse 2. He says, not because you must, but because you're willing. Okay? As God wants you to be not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Verse 3, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Can you see the three nots and buts? Okay, don't do it for selfish gain. It's not about me. It's not about us. You know, we have had nine elders in the life of our church, River Church. And, you know, I'm also in the trenches. I'm leading a local church. And, um, and uh, we've just had an elder who's retired from eldership and done it with such grace and, and, 
in such a good way. And when I asked Jim to come onto eldership through a whole process similar to the process we've been through here, he said, I need to be an elder like I need a hole in the head. He wasn't looking for the position, but it was something that he felt God had called him to. And there's nothing worse than somebody who's trying to get position. But it's, it's a wonderful thing when God puts his hand on an individual. The Holy Spirit makes them an overseer. And it's recognized by others. And it becomes obvious this is somebody that we can follow and we can support. And, and let me say this. It's so important for the church planter, like for Dylan, to know that those he's asked to come onto eldership with him are people that he can completely be transparent with and he knows 100%, no matter what, they've got my back. Okay? They've got my back. And I think you've got two brothers who are coming alongside you to help you and to get into the front row, as it were, you know, get in, stuck into the, to the scrum. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And then verse four says, and when the chief shepherd appears, who do you think that is? Jesus. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And we see in verse four that it's Jesus, the head of the church, Jesus, who has all preeminence. It's all about Jesus that we serve. So that one day, we can hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. But you know, it's interesting how again and again and again, even in the ministry of Jesus on earth, we see in, uh, in the temptation of Jesus or the baptism, the temptation of Jesus, we see that stamp of approval. And then we see on the Mount of Transfiguration, that stamp of approval. But Jesus also needed people who would be with him, fully engaged with him. And I think that that's what we're going to see take place here at True Life Church. So simply put, elders are shepherds or pastors of a local church for whom they have oversight. Elders lead, feed, and oversee the church. They guard, they guide, and they govern the church. They bring discipline in the church, which is a positive thing. They bring direction in the church. And they help the church with doctrine, knowing that we're building solidly as a church. And I think that's just awesome. And um, number two, are you, are you still with me? Yeah, cool. Number two, what are the qualifications of elders? Well, there's two passages, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 to 7 and Titus chapter 1 verse 5 to verse 9. And in your own time, you can read those. But simply put, these qualifications, if you put them in a list and you compare the two lists, there are 16 qualifications, 15 of which talk about character and only one of the 16 talks about ability. And that is the ability to teach. Now, you've just had a series on finance. And you, you know, finance is not an easy thing to stand up and speak about in church, you know. But these guys boldly, clearly, without a personal agenda, have taught well on the area of finances. Demonstrated clearly the ability to teach. 
And not just once, but over five years. <laughs> you know, they've been diligent. So we only see in two verses the being able to teach or able to clearly articulate the truth from the Bible. But if we took all of these together, I think we can divide these up into four different relationships or areas of relationship that qualify an elder. Number one, their relationship with God. They need to be a mature Christian who's able to teach the Bible and lives as an example. Okay? Number two, their family. They need to have a good marriage, not a perfect marriage, a good marriage, and they need to lead their family well, both in their relationships and with their resources. Now, I think these guys do that. What I love about a local church is you get to see people as they really are. You know, if you watch television and you listen to TV preachers, you might be really encouraged and it might look all slick because they've edited, you've got the edited version. But you're going to see in these three couples, you're going to see sometimes them have a little bit of a, a tiff with each other. Never. Never. <laughs> You'll see their children misbehaving occasionally. Does that disqualify them? No. What would disqualify them is if they completely denied that. But I believe what we need, yeah, what we need, yeah, what we need is we need authentic examples that we can follow. And when the Bible says lead as an example, sometimes it's leading as an example to say when we make a mistake, we take responsibility for our mistakes. You know, I love the fact that true life, one of the slogans for True Life Church is no perfect people allowed. Huh? Who, can, who can follow someone who's just got it all together? I can follow someone who makes mistakes occasionally, who sometimes gets it wrong. And you ask Albert, if you come to River Church, I get it wrong a lot. And I sometimes do it on purpose. Because people need someone that they can follow. Someone that's tangible, that's real. And I think you have that. Okay? So first of all, relationship with God, relationship with family, their relationship with themselves. That they do not have addictions or are, and that they are self-controlled. Here it talks about in those qualifications, things like they're not, they're not given to drunkenness or to violence. They're not aggressive people. They, they leading their lives as an example of a Christian. And then finally, their relationship with others. And that's that they have a good reputation both inside and outside the local church. I know that Dylan, over time, discussions we've had over the phone has asked people in the church, who do you think the elders should be? Not publicly, but one-on-one -on -one in normal conversation. And each time, these two other couples have come up in the conversation. Is that right? Absolutely. You couldn't disagree at that point anyway, but it's, it's absolute, it absolute, absolutely is right. <laughs> absolutely. So we see here that those are the qualifications. Now, no one is perfect except Jesus. Huh? 
we should say, follow me as I follow Christ. And I think that I think that we need to have a culture of encouragement and grace in this church. That that you know, sometimes we might make mistakes. Huh? And I guarantee you that this eldership team will make a few mistakes along the way. But what I know about Dylan is that he has gone out of his way through relationship to make himself accountable to others. And I think that should be commended. And that's why I say he's the kind of person that I would be happy to follow. And I believe with Dylan and Anna and with Tim and Asher and with Brad and Beth, with the mix of gifts that they have, all young, all young, but maturity and age are not synonymous. That's my big word for today, synonymous. Maturity is taking responsibility and following Jesus. And there's some people who might be much older, but not as spiritually mature. It's not how many Bible verses you can quote or what opinions you have. Because remember, an opinion, according to the dictionary, is a belief based on insufficient facts. So it's not what your opinion about things are that counts. Can you lead the life? Are you willing to step up and say, I'm available, Lord, so that you can be glorified and your people can be loved and secure? Number three, how are elders appointed? Well, there's three things here I'd like to just cover. First of all, we see in Acts 20 verse 28, the Holy Spirit has made them overseers. So we begin to see over a period of time, God's hand on a man for this role in a local church. And, um, and each local church has a slightly different culture and a slightly different um, uh, ministry. And, uh, and we need lots of churches, we really do. An eldership in one church might be slightly different to another. Or the type of person God raises up in eldership in one church might be slightly different to another. But we see God's hand on the person. Number two, elders are appointed by an apostolic team in partnership and relationship with the existing elders. And, um, and Dylan, as the guy who's planted the church, has been actively involved in this. He's consulted, prayed with myself, with Steve, with Jason, with Ryan, and with others in order to get perspective. Both ministry partners who know and those who show. And I know that he is engaged with other church leaders here in Milton Keynes who see him and his team as partners in what God wants to do in Milton Keynes. You're a part of something just amazing that God's done in this five years. And then finally, we see that there needs to be a God-given desire to serve as an elder. And that desire needs to be strong enough to be able to go through some of the difficult decisions that may need to be made in the future. Because there are difficult decisions and challenges. We have an enemy who loves to accuse like we heard today. And I thought that was wonderful. I thought that, uh, was it Gail or something? Gail, I, th I thought the way you brought that prophetic word, Gail, was wonderful. You know, I think that uh, I think that you know, in humility, 
and God's love shining through. I think that's what it's about, you know. When, when we bring a word, it should always comfort. It should always encourage. It should always lift up Jesus. It should, and, and that was right there. So I think it's fantastic. And I think it's a wonderful blessing to have this growing in the church. And this lady who was praying in the prayer group there, I think that was like, wow, can we clone you too? Yeah. Huh? And we'll clone you also. Let's clone a lot of you guys, you know. And, uh, but I think a great church. All right, number, number four. Are you still with me? A few more to go, okay? Number four, what is the role of elders' wives? Now, at True Life Church, the conviction is that the husband is the elder and he is supported by his wife. And I think it's helpful to refer to them as an eldership couple, that they both have a voice in our meetings and events. And I think you see that already, you know. Uh, Anna was anchoring the meeting today. You see this wonderful partnership of husband and wife working together. But I think it's important for us to recognize that depending on the season of life that the elder's wife is in, whether that's a busy career or little children or other responsibilities with their family, maybe with their parents or whatever it might be, there are times when they might not be as actively involved in the activities of the church as their husbands will be. And I think we mustn't have this weird expectation that the elders' wives have to fit into a mold. In fact, when we planted River Church, the church I lead, and The Rock, a church before that, I remember saying, standing up and saying, Whatever mold you have for a pastor's wife, let's just break it and destroy it. Because my wife, Jill, will be Jill. The unique individual God's created her to be. And she is not going to fit into any mold. And if anyone ever tries to push her into a mold, we just make sure we break it. You know what I'm saying? And I think we need to understand that Anna just needs to be Anna. And she needs to know that she is loved and accepted for who she is as an individual, not just because she is Dylan's wife, but because she is. She's just so cool. Are you with me? I mean, that's the bottom line. And, and she doesn't have to fit into a mold. She doesn't have to dress a certain way. She doesn't have to bake cakes and, and, and have tea with everybody. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Maybe when you went to another church, that's what the pastor's wife did. Well, if you miss that so much, go back there for goodness sake. But if you want to be a part of this church, we want them to be free. Surely we can say amen to that. I mean, really. And I think we all want that. We really do. Okay. The same applies to Asher and the same applies to Beth. Okay. We want them to be free. So, the elders' wives are expected in order of priority to be a wife first. If they have children, to be a mother next. And then, as their gifts and time enable them to be involved in the life of the church. The church doesn't come first. In fact, it says, so I, I, we were a part of a church where they used to teach that if you take care of God's house, he'll take care of your house. Show me that in the Bible. I mean, that's just nonsense. 
It's not in the Bible. Maybe it's in the first book of imaginations, but it's not in my Bible. In fact, it actually says that those who are leaders must take care of their household first, otherwise they can't take care of the household of God. But it's, it amazes me that there are people who don't, I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are people who don't tithe, but then they want to say how the church spends money. That is just ridiculous, man. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. If you don't, say oh my, okay? But anyway, let's get, <laughs> let's get back into the message. All right, I hope that's helpful. All right. Number, number, what are we, number five. What is a lead elder? What is a lead elder? Now, people have said to me, are you the vicar? No, I'm not a vicar. I'm not a vicar, okay? I, I'm not a vicar. But uh, are you a pastor? Uh, yes, I am a pastor. But all the elders are pastors or shepherds and overseers. And often I'll tell people I'm the pastor of River Church. And the reason I do that is because it's, that's what they can relate to. Are, are, are you with me? They can understand, oh, that's, what, that's where you fit in the church. You know? But a lead elder is essentially what I am. A lead elder is the, an elder who leads the team that lead the church. And from the 21st of May, there will be three elders who will have equal authority and responsibility for the church. Okay? But there'll be one of those elders who's the captain of the team that lead the church. That makes sense to you? You know? And one day, when it's time for Dylan and Anna to take a sabbatical, yeah? Yeah, and it's not yet. I mean, it'll, but it'll come in the future. You know, there will be a time where they need to be able to take an extended time of of leave, in order to to hear from God clearly, and to come back with fresh vision, to lead the church. Someone else will step into the role of leading the team, to enable them to rest. And there's times when. Different people will step forward and lead. It's like, you know, you watch those guys riding their bikes, you know, and they flip and somebody else goes in the front. You know what I'm saying? You know, or, or, or ducks, geese flying. Sometimes there's a little bit of a shift, you know, a little bit of a shift. And flying in formation, they're able to go 71% further than they would on their own. And I think it's going to be exciting for you guys. I, I, I know, I was saying to Anna before the service, uh, the meeting today, I said, you know, it's going to be wonderful when you know you have, you have people who are not just your friends and you know are trying their best to carry the load with you, but actually have been appointed by God and now have the responsibility before God. Because that's the bottom line. Elders are responsible before God and will have to give an account for the church. And you're not just doing it on your own. And I always tell our elders, when I stand before Jesus to give an account for this church, you are going to be standing here, 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 here with me. And then you see, they suddenly think, do I really want to do this? <laughs> and it's an awesome responsibility. And that's why we need to pray for them and support them. But the role of the lead elder is to be the visionary. Um, anything that has more than one head 
is a monster. You know what I'm saying? It's just true. You know? But there needs to be one person who's kind of the, the head elder, the lead elder. Knowing that Jesus is the head of the church. But one person who, whose responsibility is the vision of the church. In our church, that's me. And the lead elder has two responsibilities, I think. Number one, that cannot be delegated. <laughs> okay? Well, it's actually more than that. I have a friend who leads a big church in South Africa. He said, he said to me, you should delegate everything that you cannot delegate. Sorry, that doesn't make sense. Delegate everything except the things that you cannot delegate. Yeah? And he said, the first thing is, be a husband to your wife. Because if you neglect that, problems, trouble. Okay. Number two, as a lead elder, you are responsible to hear from God and to lead the church in the direction that God is taking you. And I think, Dylan, you do a great job with that. Eh? Don't you guys think that? I, I, I know you, you believe that. So Dylan's going to continue to lead the team that lead the church. But he's not going to be doing it on his own. He's going to have people come alongside him. And I think we should all be rejoicing in that. Because it's a huge, huge thing. It's a wonderful thing. It really is. The second thing is the lead elder is responsible for setting the, the diet for the church. Where are we going? Because what you eat determines where you go, you know, and that's his responsibility. The other guys are, are, are there to support and have equal responsibility before God and in the life of the church. And let me tell you, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. And it was about five years into our church, too, that we had our first elders come in. And you know what happened? The churches went, went to a whole nother level. It really did. And there were people who thought that they should have been elders. But the thing is, this is the first group of elders. Maybe there will be other elders added to this team in the future. Huh? But right now, these guys need to step in and begin to lead. And then finally, number six, and this is for all of us. What is the responsibility of the local church to the elders? Now you have to understand, I, if I come here as a speaker, and uh, I love it when I get the opportunity to do that, I come under the authority of the local church elders. Okay. Now I, I have the joy and privilege with Stephen of serving as a trustee of, of True Life Church. And there's the, there's the charity and legal responsibilities that go with that. But that comes under the authority of the eldership. And when I'm here, I can't just do whatever I want. You know? I have to be under the authority of the eldership team. And that's, that's what we do. And let me tell you, that is a safe place. And it's a place where, where you see God's blessing. Okay, so number one, as... A local church, the Bible says we should honor the elders. In fact, it says in, um, in uh, having a culture of honor is a good thing. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, to the elders, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. 
Now, uh, double honor doesn't mean that we, we become subservient to people, you know? But it means we, we, give them, we, we give them the authority to lead us. And remember, like Dylan said at the beginning, authority is not something that's imposed. It's something that's invited. So we come and we say, yeah, I want you to lead me. I'm coming, I'm a part of this church, I want you to lead me. And we, we, we give them that honor, we give them that place to, to lead. Okay? Let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to look at two verses in Hebrews 13. Verse, first of all, verse 7. And I'm drawing this to a close now. Um, in verse 7, it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now this, I believe, is talking about the leaders in a local church and it's talking about, in that sense, elders. We could replace that word leaders with elders. So I think that we see in, in these verses, we see what we should be looking for in a local church. Number one, are there people who preach God's word to us? You know, not, not some denominational handbook or some tradition or some self-help mumbo-jumbo, but God's word. And I think that's what you get here, eh? And I think that's a wonderful thing, you know? Secondly, he tells us they should have a lifestyle we can imitate and a faith that we can follow. Now, you should be able to look at them and say, do I want to have a relationship with Jesus like they do? And if you do, then you're in the right place. <laughs> you know? And I, I love the authenticity and the passion. I think that's just awesome, you know? So these are people you can follow. In verse eight, it then tells us, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus needs to be central and focused, you know? The, the point of focus in, in the church. And there needs to be a consistency. And I think that, that that's, that's awesome. It really is, you know? Um, I think that, um, that I've known Tim for five years also, and he has been a faithful support. And Brad has come alongside since they moved to the UK and has been a faithful support for Dylan. And I think it's going to be great. Let's have a look at verse 17. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep over you as those who must give an account. Isn't that interesting? The elders have to give an account for the church. And we are encouraged here to submit to their authority. I think that's a, that is a, a choice. Now the Bible does say that we should submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we all need to do that. But in the affairs of the local church, the way true life church is led, decisions that are made for the church, God has, is putting in place elders who are accountable to him for what happens. I had somebody in our church who, who complained about almost everything. They had a spiritual gift of complaining. <laughs> I don't think it came from the Holy Spirit. It came some, from other spirit, some other spirit, to be honest. But uh, I hope I'm not getting into trouble for that. But anyway, but you know, and, uh, 
And I remember the one day I was away ministering somewhere. I came back and they had a list of different things that the elders had done wrong. And I said, you know, honestly, do you have to give an account before God for this church? No, you don't. So let's pray for these guys. Let's support them. Let's get behind them. Okay? And, um, you know, submitting is a, is, a, is a hard thing. It can't be imposed on you. No one's going to say, submit. But they can say, can you follow us? <laughs> can you follow us? And if, if this, these three couples of people that you say you can follow, and honestly, I say that with full integrity, if I wasn't leading a church somewhere and I was, I was working and I was looking for a church family to be a part of, where Jesus is central, where, where there's worship, where there's good solid teaching, where there's community, where people are accepted and loved, I would be a part of this church and I would gladly submit and follow. Okay? And then it continues and he says at the end of verse 17, do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden for that would be of no benefit or no advantage to you. The last thing you want is that your leadership team feel like it's just hard. Now just through the worship and the words that have been given, it seems like there has been a season where it has been a challenge. And I want to commend Dylan and Anna for staying faithful to the Lord, for staying open to everyone, and seeking redemption, reconciliation, healing, that Jesus may be glorified in every conversation. I think these guys are awesome. Are you with me today? I hope I'm not embarrassing you. Well, maybe I hope I am. But, you know, the bottom line is this. I, I think you have a great team. And add it to the team soon. Now, you have to understand, you know, it's one thing to be engaged. It's another thing when you actually get married. That makes sense to you? It's one thing to be engaged because, you know, it's all, uh, we're engaged. This is my fiance. <laughs> you know, this is all cool. You ask Albert, eh? Albert and Amy, who are a wonderful part of our team, one day they stood and they said, until death do us part, or for as long as we both shall live. Let me tell you, a weight and a responsibility comes on your shoulders. Doesn't it, eh? Yeah, you realize, what have I done? And now you begin to grow into that role of husband and wife. You know, these guys are doing such a great job, but you cannot prepare fully for eldership. But on the 21st, when we pray, we lay hands on them, we appoint them as elders, a weight is going to come on their shoulders. Some weight will come off Dylan's shoulders because now he's carrying this weight before God and before all of you, the presence of God, not alone. Okay? And they need to have the space to grow into the role. And you know how we do that? We give them space, we encourage them, we support them, we honor them. 
And if you hear someone speaking negatively about them, you know, sometimes silence is agreement. You know, if I come to Dylan and I say, Albert, this, 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 without Albert there, and Dylan doesn't say, no, hold on a second, you're wrong. I can go to, to Willem and I can say, I said this and this and this about Albert, and Dylan agrees with me. Meanwhile, Dylan just kept quiet. And I think sometimes you might not feel as articulate as the person who's saying something, but sometimes you just need to say, no, actually you're wrong. Nonsense. I don't agree with you. Huh? And encourage them. If there's a problem, go and deal with it. Because what I do know is that these three couples want everyone in this church family to come along on this journey to prosper spiritually and to grow in their relationship with God. And they want this whole church, everyone included, to, to succeed. Huh? Is that okay? Yeah. Wonderful. So what's our next step? Well, on the 21st of May, 2023, we'll have the joy of seeing the eldership team appointed at True Life, True Life Church. Please join us in praying for them over the next couple of weeks. I think it'd be a good idea if you set an alarm on your phone. In fact, if you've got your phone with you, get a reminder, put it on, and every day, Pray for them. Pray for them by name. Pray for their children. Pray, pray for God's blessing on them. You see, because as we saw in Acts chapter 14, with prayer and fasting, they appointed elders in every church. Now between now and the 21st, I'm going to fast a few meals myself. And our church has been praying for you guys diligently over the last couple of weeks. And we'll continue to pray for you as a whole church. And we're praying specifically for these couples and we're trusting that God is going to do something awesome. Awesome, absolutely awesome. Maybe it would be a good idea for someone to put together a couple of simple prayers that can be passed around. That if you're not quite sure how to pray, you can take that prayer and you can just pray it over them. There's some amazing prayers in, in the New Testament that you can use as you just begin to pray for these couples as they prepare for this. And I want to encourage us to keep our hearts right, God, the unity of the local church. Let's recognize that we're moving forward and there will be an equal and opposite reaction. Huh? But God has great things in store. Honestly, the best is yet to come. It really is. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word this morning and I pray that this would be significant that we'd be able to put this in our backpack and be prepared for the journey thank you that the best is yet to come you who have started a good work at true life church will bring it to completion we thank you for each and every man woman and child that you've added to this church to this church family everyone is loved and everyone is valued and we thank you Lord as a church moving forward and as we start to put in place the, the wineskin that can contain more, that you would bless this church. 
that our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard. It hasn't even entered into our heart all that you've prepared for this church family. We thank you for them. And I thank you, Lord, that, that, uh, that you would surround us, and protect us in Jesus' precious name. And just as we, uh, as we, as I hand over, I'd like to just speak this over you as a church. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Dylan, thank you so much. Eh? Thank you. Thank you.